Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. On the seventh day, God created man. At the culmination of the creation, man, according to Genesis, was the last creation. This should give you an idea of where man is held in the hierarchy of things. According to most scripture and most writings, man is the most exalted of Allah, God's creations, and was created to be the most like his creator the most godlike. So here we sit, the most exalted of God's creations. The hardest part of this understanding is convincing the creation of his rightful place in creation. You can tell man that he is the most exalted of God's creations, but it's difficult for man to believe the true nature of himself, the true nature of his being, and the exaltedness of his being. And a lot of that has to do with our environment, uh, with the way we've been raised, with what we see around us, And it takes a denunciation of everything, or a lot of, what we look at to reproclaim for ourselves our true status. And part of what teachers like Baal Mohayyadeen come to do is to show man who he really is, Uh, to get him to make that inquiry as to who he really is, and to regain his status. Um, We have abandoned our birthright. We have abandoned the nature of our creation. We have abandoned who we are for what we consider temporal pleasure within the world. So the pleasures of the world have become a pursuit of man as opposed to finding the exalted nature of his own being. We're so busy dealing with the peripheral that we've lost touch with the essence. The essence is our connection to the creator. The peripheral is playing with parts of the creation that are less than we are and giving them status. How? Well, 
the more of the world that we own, the more some people think they have reached the goal of creation. And the goal of creation is not to own portions of the creation. The goal of creation is to know the Creator and to become involved with the Creator. In order to be able to accomplish this, we have to do an analysis of our own life, our own existence, our relationship to creation, and our relationship to the Creator. To do that, we have to become literate, at least, with what the Creator is, with how the Creator acts, and with what the Creator's intentions are. We've been given, through scriptures and through holy men, assists in making this formulation. Um, one of the most important assists is a little book called the Asmal Husna, which is a compendium of the known names of Allah, which essentially set forth his qualities. So, we have been told what the qualities of our Creator are. And we've been told that he is without form and without atomic substance, yet he has great power and great strength. Uh, power and strength unequal to anything else and unequal to anything in creation. Yet we cannot see him, we cannot hear him, but we do have the ability, and it's not that difficult, we have the ability to tie into, to become part of, to integrate within his qualities. And by learning his qualities and making this active attempt at integration into those qualities, we can change the nature of our being. So, by being able to understand things that we can't see, and we can't touch, and we can't measure, yet we can feel from the essence of our being, we are given the opportunity to change the essence of our being. A person who has anger in their heart is different than a person who has compassion in their heart. And different, not just in a small way, different in a profound way. So we have been given the ability to make profound changes in ourselves without needing to use the world in order to do that. Without having to have to be successful in the world to do that. You don't have to have wealth to be compassionate. You don't have to have um, status to be compassionate. You don't have to have fame to be compassionate. As a matter of fact, wealth, status, and fame 
are probably going to hinder you from being compassionate and hinder you from understanding compassion. Because what wealth, status, and fame do is they set up high and low. Status means I'm higher or lower than somebody else, and I'm into making those comparisons. Wealth means I have more or less than other people, and I'm into setting up those comparisons. Fame means that I have some kind of outstanding persona that is well-known, more so than everybody else, and sets up comparisons. And comparisons denigrate from compassion. Compassion doesn't go to the wealthy. Compassion doesn't go to those of higher status. Compassion is given freely by our Lord to all. And unless we take on compassion with those same rules, we can't take on compassion. Unless we can deliver in an equal way, we can't deliver. Because it changes from compassion into something else. Something that is a reward for some sort of attainment within the world. For us to begin to backtrack to before we were contaminated with the worldly way of looking at things is a long journey and an important journey. And unless we take an additive and an an initiative to make that journey, it's very difficult to understand the purpose for that journey. Many people are asleep in their current situation. They're asleep in where they are. Why? Because they are semi-comfortable and used to it. And to make change takes enormous effort. And enormous effort can be incredibly tiring and confusing to people. Especially when you're dealing with things that you can't see and can't touch. So what's the benefit of being compassionate? Can you see that when you assist or aid someone who is in need, um, they somehow change for the better? And can that be a rewarding experience for you? Or are rewarding experiences uh, attached to monetary signs or some kind of uh, sign of uh, victory within the world. To change status from one who is working for status to one who is working for compassion is a very large inner change in being. And it takes doing something. So, we can sit and meditate. And I believe that in sitting and meditating, 
a lot can be accomplished. The initial rule in change is to change yourself. And that is the largest part of change. The Quran says that if you change one person, you can change the entire universe. I was uh, in Medina, and uh, an Arab came up to me and started speaking to me in Arabic. And of course, I didn't know what he was talking about. And I said, I only speak English. And he could speak English. And he said, where are you from? And I said, from America. And he said, what are you doing here? And I said something to the effect of taking uh, a group of pilgrim, a group of people on pilgrimage. And uh, then he said, well, I have to introduce you to some people here. And he took me around to meet a Hafiz. A Hafiz is someone who has memorized the entire Quran. And he introduced me to this man who was a Hafiz. And the Hafiz said to me in Arabic, and he translated, uh, if you save one man, you have saved the entire universe. Then he took me to another Hafiz. And this Hafiz said exactly the same thing. He took me to a third Hafiz, who said exactly the same thing. And he took me to a fourth Hafiz, who also said, if you change one man, you have changed the entire universe. Then he took me to a group who were learning how to read the Quran. Now, when I say learning how to read the Quran, there's a certain sing-song pattern that goes along with, with the recitation. And there was a group learning how to do this, this out loud recitation. And as we sat down, the line in the Quran that they were on was, if you change one person, you have changed the entire universe. I then began to understand that if you change one person, you change the entire universe. And it also became very clear to me that the one you have to change is yourself. And once that occurs, then you can begin to work with other people. But until that change occurs, you can't do anything for anybody else because all you can give is what you got. And if what you have is the world... That's all you're going to be giving to people. No matter what your intention may be, if you don't have it, you can't give it. Now, God has everything, but in order to give what God has, you have to get out of the way. You have to disappear. So, in order to disappear, a big change has to come because we go from a world of accumulation and of getting things, and of changing uh, the view other people have of us. Uh, there was a book written in the late 1800s called The Theory of Conspicuous Consumption, which very well summed up the nature of what goes on in a materialistic society. People do things not so much even on their own behalf as to raise their status so you get things so that other people can see you have them. Well... It's okay to get things like compassion so that other people see that you can have them. But if 
that is your main reason for getting it, you've again lost touch with reality. God gives from compassion. God's name is compassion. God's way is compassion. God's action is compassion. And when our way becomes compassion, and our intention becomes compassion, and our giving becomes without motive and without reason other than God's will, a change is going to come. It's going to come through us, it's going to come in us, and it may affect others. So, we need to make this change. Why? So that we can realize the status of this birth. So that we can realize our true place in existence. So, we do it to aid others, but simultaneously, we're doing it to aid ourselves. When you help others, you can't help but help yourself. Even if there's no intention to help yourself. Even if what you do is entirely altruistic. You can't help others without helping yourself. The very nature of allowing compassion to pass through you helps you because compassion passed through you. Because mercy passed through you. And you had that time where you were in fact merciful. Where you were in fact compassionate. Where you were in fact allowing the cornucopia of the abundance of God's giving qualities to go through your being and alter the nature of your essence. When you live with someone, you take on their qualities. Look at married couples who've stayed together for a while. There's a similarity that comes between them. This similarity can be good, or <laughs> it can be other than good. But the point is, something happens. The friends that you associate with have an influence on you. And you become like them somehow. If God is your friend, and if you make him your companion, his nature will affect your nature. And your nature will change towards his nature. And our essence is his nature. So what begins to happen? That which is not like him begins to burn away. That which is not like him begins to leave us. That which is not like him dissipates. And we become integrated with his qualities and with his way. And his way is tolerant, kind, loving, accepting, and giving. And we become tolerant, 
kind, loving, accepting, and giving. And as we become all of those things, we become more like the exalted creation that we were meant to be. We become more of the reason that Allah created man. So, contrary to what we see in the world, contrary to all the examples of degradation that we run into every day, contrary to all the religions who forsaken God for power and greed, contrary to all of the anathema that exists within the world, we have to concentrate on returning to that which is truth, that which is reality. Uh, the Arabic word for reality is haq. We have to return to haq, to the truth. And as we do that, and as we make that intention, all that has been grafted onto us from the world that we have interplayed with for all these years will begin to dissipate and begin to fade away. And this is a constant work because the work of the enemy of man never stops. Any moment that we are not aware that we are being bombarded by all that is negative, we begin to lose our way. So in the midst of this bombardment, we have to set up our own shields and our own qualities to combat this and say in the midst of it, La ilaha illallah, only God exists and I am a believer. Only God exists and I am ready to give up this false created self on behalf of God. I am ready to disappear into that which alone is real. And as we do that, we change, that which is around us changes, and inshallah, the world changes. So, that's our work. That's what it is that we need to do. And, we have to believe that we are worthy of this work, that we are not somehow leaving it up to others. Uh, ask not for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. And it does. And it to- it's constantly tolling. The request to become real never stops. God's intention for us never stops. God's open door for us never closes. Rumi said, stop knocking on open doors. Walk through. And God willing, we can all walk through the door of God's grace towards him to be with him. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.